All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to make our picks for our awards for the uh, NFL season. This is kind of that's what we do right before the episode, before the Super Bowl, which uh, it is Super Bowl week, and we will certainly break down everything in uh, our mega Super Bowl preview on uh, Thursday, but... For now, we're going to look back at our awards and our picks. And Dylan, this is always fun because, as you know, we don't just have you know normal picks. Some of them are, but some of them are a bit more to our uh, liking in terms of uh, just different areas. You know, disappointing teams, surprising teams. Um, you know, game of the year. And then there's one that we're going to start off with. Uh, that's always a fun choice. But uh, you know, it's it's always fun to look back. And you and I, every time we do this, we think. Man, there's a lot we remember, but there's probably a lot we forget. It's a long season, and um, the longest one ever, right, to this point. Yeah, exactly. um, There's a lot to forget, but I think for most of our awards, like, as we'll go through these, I don't think there was a whole lot of debate, Um, whereas I think last year we probably had a lot more debate, but, like, there were some pretty standout and maybe even obvious choices uh, for a lot of these this year. Yeah, it wasn't as hard as last year, absolutely. Like, certain teams' players, like, clearly – stood out for these awards uh, there's definitely not that same level of uh, back and forth like we have a few that were we differed on but they're mostly because we had to or at least we thought we had uh, should but then our last three awards were all, all the same so yeah um you know maybe if we came up with some different ones for this year we could have had something with a more of a debate but um there were probably we, i'm sure there are a number of things you're forgetting like you're saying it feels like you know the season just started at the same time it also feels like it's been a long time it's kind of that paradox of uh, yeah. how everything's gone and as you mentioned even longer than usual it's it's weird to be sitting here by the time anyone's listening to this february 8th and still have a football game coming up uh it'd be the latest super bowl ever given the extra week I, i'm all in favor of them moving the season up one week so we can finish could have finished yesterday but you know at this point still really looking forward to it and yeah this is a good exercise for me as a rams fan to not <laughs> think too much about the super bowl to look back instead of uh, uh as i have been for over a week now and still will be for the next week uh, stressing out about the game coming up <laughs> Well, we will have some Rams talk in this episode. A um, couple, couple items that relate to the Rams, at least. Um, but we start with our favorites, and yes, we're going to start with the best one: the AFC South Award. Of course, uh, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know what the AFC South Award means. That means um, the award that best exemplifies the AFC South, which has uh, become the brand on the podcast here over the past several years, and um, just basically. Our phrase of that so AFC South, um, that is that is this. And Dylan, for mine, I, I you know again, I, pretty much a layup here for me. I, I thought this was the easiest choice that he could make. And when I asked you, I was like, huh, what are we going to go with for this award this year? Well, it took me about five seconds, and I said, oh, well, this is easy. Um, the AFC South award this year for me goes to the Colts losing to the Jaguars to miss the playoffs um, in at the end of the season. I mean, it doesn't get more AFC South than that. You've got a team that you think is just heading all in the right direction. They're just basically, you know, walk, just literally just have to walk through the game to get to the playoffs. <laughs> and in spectacular fashion, uh, they get just completely blown out on the road against the worst team in the division. Um, so that, for me, qualifies as the AFC South award for this season. No, I think it's perfect. It, it sums up this division so well with how they have a team that looks like it's going to be successful, had some uh, different results throughout the year that 
kind of uh, pull down the record compared to the quality of the team and the Colts. A couple of really tough losses to the Titans also and mixed in there. So they felt like, you know, that even though they put themselves in that early 0-3 hole, they dug themselves out where the team that not just us, but everyone was kind of looking at as a really scary uh, possible playoff opponent for any number of teams. So it uh, it looked like everything was lined up, but then we forgot that they just can't win in Jacksonville. It's been, <laughs> they just do not have a, a solid history recently of going down there and winning games, no matter the quality of the Jaguars and just when we thought the Jaguars had nothing left and uh, you know almost played themselves out of the number one pick they got fortunate that the Lions also won in week 18 uh, so they could hold on to it but uh, yeah I mean they hadn't shown anything from the time that Urban had been fired to to say that they'd been galvanized or looked like a better team and then suddenly they just I mean it wasn't even like the game was close and the Jags eked it out like they physically impose themselves on a Colts team that was doing the exact same thing to teams like the Bills, uh, uh, the Patriots, other opponents they'd been facing down the stretch. And it was really striking to see Carson Wentz uh, just, you know, for all the things back and forth, some of the solid performances he had, some some duds. I mean, he really had one of his worst games of the season when they needed him to step up. And uh, you see when the situation wasn't perfect for him with that offensive line in the running game that it really puts him in a bind. And, yeah, uh, sums up this division just self, uh, just cannibalization of, of the quality yeah. of the teams there. And uh, yeah, it was uh, really for the Colts, man. Hopefully they'll bounce back. But that's just, yeah, sums up this division really well. Well, your pick also related to the Jaguars here. Um, and no surprise, we had a lot of high expectations for Trevor Lawrence coming into uh, his first season there in Jacksonville, thinking that maybe this is a spot where he can be kind of the catalyst for this turnaround. And well, as we said, um, quite a quite a season for him, to say the least. It's funny to think that in our uh, Clutch Points fantasy football draft, I really was thinking between Burrow and, and Lawrence. I took Burrow. That ended up working out pretty well for me because, man, Trevor did not live up to um, the billing here. I know that a lot of circumstances around him were awful, but outside of – he made some insane throws in that Colts game, but he – also did struggle from his own end. Um, I wouldn't say, the, again, the Jaguars on the field put him in a great place to succeed, but mostly off of it. And so, yeah, I, you know, last year my my award went to the Jags for successfully tanking to get Trevor Lawrence. And so I had to, uh, you know, stay on this kind of theme here. Yeah. Uh, my award goes to the Jags absolutely botching the start of Trevor Lawrence's career because, yeah, uh, I mean, man, I, it, at least they, they got out of it with Urban Meyer there. But it just all the storylines that the – disastrous things behind the scenes or they're lucky that trevor is such a mentally strong guy that he's able to fight through and i don't think long term it's going to have a, a terrible impact on him we'll see um uh, definitely curious to see how doug peterson puts him into a, a place to succeed moving forward um still kind of weird situation with them keep, keeping trent balk in the front office and building you know hiring guys go, to go above him and all sorts of stuff kind of a weird situation there but uh yeah so the award for the for jacksonville messing up this uh season but hopefully for them uh now maybe they get you know if they'd been at least decent urban might have still been there maybe the stories some of these things don't happen and uh it's actually worse long term for for the jacks so maybe this by being so bad at the start of trevor lawrence's career and putting him in no place to succeed they actually long term actually are going to be a better setup for success hopefully for trevor's sake and hopefully for this division's sake because uh definitely it'll be a lot of fun if we can get another contender out of here <laughs> Yeah, the Jags will hope that they are um, not the AFC South award next year unless it's the Jags going from worst to first, and then that would qualify them for the AFC South award next season. They have a new coach now, Doug Peterson. We'll talk about that 
in the offseason. But, um, yeah, very interesting uh, to see how things move forward there in Jacksonville. All right. Um, the next one, the most easiest, again, choice <laughs> here. And we there, there are several of those, as we said. Um, this one, I think, is very easy and very simple. But we have to go on what we've seen to this point. And uh, our pick for the most surprising team, I mean, let's just we, – we both picked the Bengals here. No surprise. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. And uh, none of us expected that. Even if we thought the Bengals would be better mm-hmm. – even if you you know, even if you thought they were going to be third, second in the division, something like that, if you went out on a limb and went to that uh, level, you probably did not pick them to make the Super Bowl, and here they are. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty easy choice here. Yeah, we were probably higher in them than a lot of people, as we've talked about, just because of Burrow and uh, some of the steel players they had, the, the you know the investments they made on defense, but definitely did not see all of that coming together in a Super Bowl run like this. Just getting winning the division seemed like a huge accomplishment, and obviously they've topped that and then some with their play in the playoffs and how they've been managed to win these games. So they have to be the most surprising team, even if we had some level of confidence. I, I tried to look at other teams that, um, that maybe bad surprises, maybe the Dolphins being so bad for the first half of the year, um, the Browns. Uh, that, that kind of that goes into another team uh, category we're going to get to quickly. But other like shockingly good teams, like there just weren't a ton ton um i mean i wasn't a huge shock the raiders were able to sneak into the playoffs uh, felt like they had some good pieces but yeah no no team really on this list um uh, you know it's not like anyone's really shocked arizona was a playoff team and maybe people were surprised they were as good as they were for most of the season before they kind of fell off but um the eagles another one that people probably didn't expect them to make the playoffs so that was a major accomplishment in next year on his first year but none of those stack up to uh, cincinnati going from worst to first and and just running through the afc playoffs to the super bowl so uh no matter what happens in in Super Bowl 56 with Cincinnati I think you, you they're going to easily be this team that uh, there was no way we're going to figure out a way to get to our each our own award here the Bengals easily deserve getting the sweep most disappointing team this was I mean honestly like this one wasn't probably that hard either because there were not a lot of choices I think the teams you sort of expected to be bad were bad uh, in a lot of different spots, like we said, aside from maybe if you thought the Bengals were going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Texans were bad, Jacks were bad, Jets were bad, um, you know, Giants were bad, go up and down the line. Lions were bad, um, Panthers weren't great. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know if there were a ton of just completely huge disappointment. Now, I'm sure some base, fan bases would disagree. Like, if you were a Bears fan and maybe thought that they were going to turn things around, we didn't really expect the Bears to you know, probably be more any more than a seven mm-hmm. or eight win team at best. So uh, they go six and 11. So it's like one of those things where it all depends on your expectations for us. I think the expectations were very high for the Browns based off of how last season ended. Yeah. And, you know, they finished the season eight and nine. Uh, don't make the playoffs. We talked about it. You know, the Ravens, I guess, you know, you could have certainly made the case for the Ravens who went eight and nine. But I think there's a much more of a justification there knowing oh, yeah. that how many games they play without Lamar Jackson. Um, so I think that one, I just was like, eh, I don't think that's really probably the best fit for this category just because there was a clear understanding of why the Ravens were 8-9 um, without their best player. The Browns, meanwhile, sure, they had some players miss miss games, mm-hmm. injury and such, but this was more of just an overall disappointing uh, performance over you know just throughout the season for this team. So, uh, yeah, I think the the Browns are the best choice here. Yeah, I thought about Baltimore too, but you know Lamar, as you mentioned, but also just they're you know such huge stars on their defense, yeah. Marcus Peters inclu- included. Right. They're just out for the whole year and missed a ton of time. I mean, they were 
the amount of injuries and at, at really key spots that the, the Ravens had is almost more impressive by the end of it that they're able to be, uh, still be contending for a playoff spot on the final weekend of the year. So, uh, yes, the Browns, as you mentioned, did have injuries, but we, you know, after what they did last year, winning 11 games, just completely beating down the Steelers, at least early on in that playoff game. And honestly, a few little bounces go here and there that the fumble with Sorensen forces at uh, the one yard line, like just little things that happen in that chiefs game. They could have been in the AFC title game a year ago. So just shows how quickly things can move in the opposite direction. I still think the Browns with their, you know, ton of youth and, and, and building blocks for the future. I do think they're a really attractive team for, and they have a lot of, you know, cap space compared to some teams in, in this kind of situation. Still, there's a lot of teams still trying to dig themselves out of that. So they're while they're the most disappointing team this season, and I'm sure Browns fans had much higher hopes than an 8-9 finish, um, I think for the long term, they're still set up. So they, they could at least rebound quickly from this. Other contenders, maybe, you know, I thought Washington was going to be a little bit better. Their defense really took a, a step back. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Vikings fans thought they could be a playoff team. And the, yeah, the commanders now. <laughs> I got to get used <laughs> to that. Um, the uh, the Vikings, you know, I'm sure their fan base thought they could be a playoff time team. Seattle the same way. So there's some teams that, yes, while their fan bases should be disappointed and they would be if we made a list of the top five most disappointing teams, sure, they'd be on there. But uh, for this category that we're doing, um, easily I think the Browns take the cake, um, even if I, I do think the, the future isn't so bleak. And their fans are, I'm sure they're already starting to look ahead to 2022. All right, most improved team. I, I went the easy route, which we, we don't always do this, but – it's you know your most surprising team and most improved team can be different because they're different criteria this season they just happen to be the same right because you you had a worst to first scenario and so this season it, it fit to have the Bengals here for me in, in both categories so um again there there can be a difference when you think about it in terms of surprise and most improved but um it was not this season the Bengals for me get this one as well but dylan i know this would probably be your pick too but to make a difference um you know you're just gonna kind of go Pick a pick a different one outside of that, and it's going to relate specifically to uh, one side of the ball for a certain team. Yeah, if, if we had to look at the the records and improvement in records, these teams might actually not be that far off from each other in terms of how many more wins they got. Sure, twenty twenty one to twenty twenty. I did the Cowboys, but specifically their defense. I mean, the, for the fact that they end up by the end of the season ranking up at least first or second, I believe in total DVOA on that side of the ball. It's just insane, given that they were so weak uh, in so many spots, had so many concerns at the back end of that defense, the defensive line there letting guys run all over the place and a large reason for that is another player that i, I know we uh, later when we get to our rookie of the year uh, we have um, a different player in there but i really think micah parsons was on another level um this man is, quickly became not just the leader of this defense but one of the best linebackers in all of football i mean his, he's so rangy can basically do everything you could possibly ask from from the position he's perfect for the modern game with his speed um defense tight ends running back everyone so well he's just an elite football player um and so yeah that's i mean yeah so dallas finished second in dvoa behind only buffalo i mean that's just that they were 23rd the year before so that is such a huge jump and improvement um i mean there's other teams that improved obviously the patriots uh, some of their investments worked out they their offense was much more palatable this year they make the playoffs um obviously the bengals i still think deserve to be they're probably for me the number two team if not still the number one team but i mean the cowboys overall but mostly with the defense i know they, they flamed out in the playoffs but there was a point where they looked like possibly one of the more complete teams in the league if their offense could just keep it going um 
Uh, not that they really improved from a year ago. They just were more healthy, obviously, at key positions than in 2020. Uh, than in 2020. But, um, yeah, that defense, the fact that they had that elite unit, uh, there's a reason Dan Quinn got a lot of attention possibly before deciding ultimately to stay in Dallas as defensive coordinator um, to, for head coaching jobs because, yeah, the job he did with that defense, with the, the talent they have, and now with Micah just going to be at the center of it for a long, long time, it's going to be fun for, for Cowboys fans. I think they'll bounce back just fine because if their offense just finds even some some level of uh, success beyond, you know, they, they played like pretty well throughout the year, but I wouldn't say uh, the most consistent team uh, by any means on that side of the ball. So uh, hopefully for them, I, I still think in the in NFC that's so wide open, the Cowboys are going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. And if the defense gets even better, then it just takes this team to another level. Yep, I think so too. So uh, there are picks for uh, most improved uh, team and uh, position specifically. Uh, all right, most memorable moment. This is like we said, it's a long season, but – I mean, it's hard not to think about the most recent uh, aspects that could fit this category. And so we both kind of have the same answer here, but uh, Dylan's a little bit broader than mine. But I went with just Chiefs and Bills. I know that's a game, and it's not really a moment, but it's like just take your pick. uh, How that game, you know, just take your pick on any of the moments in that game. I mean, there were so many to pick from. Um, I think just the way it finished, I guess, is probably the most defining moment uh, in terms of just how the game ends. But I mean, you could have picked a handful of options, I think, just in the incredible back and forth in that game. So um, that is probably for me. And it's like, again, I can't think of just one specific moment off the top of my head. But there were so many in that. But uh, I know, Dylan, yours kind of ties into uh, something that 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 game uh, also involved as well. Yeah, mine's pretty broad, so I'll try to eventually narrow it down. I put divisional playoff weekend. It, that whole that those that set of games, all the walk off finishes. It was just it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I, it was hard to like you're saying, even for Chiefs Bills. Just within that, there's hard to make uh, pick a moment. I, obviously, the last 13 seconds for for Chiefs fans, the Bills not so Bills fans not going to be so happy with how that ended. But uh, yeah, like you said, any of those moments down the stretch of that game, basically from the the last couple minutes on, and some of the fourth down conversions josh was getting with his legs i mean all of those moments are huge i guess if i had to not pick one from that game there's two moments from divisional weekend that would also have a chance i'd say the block punt by the niners against the packers that just completely swung that game um and and just the moment of the packers losing and the the symmetry and we'll see if rogers stays and um as we talked about last week i I still think ultimately if he wants to win a super bowl not going to find a better place but there is some symmetry if he does leave to the way that the the packers went out with brett Favre against the giants his favorites in in a freezing cold game with the final field goal and an upset loss and just the the way that the fans uh filed out just completely shocked there in green bay i think that that little last few minutes of that game against the Niners could be in the in the top um, and then also the last second heroics from Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup to save the Rams from their own collapse um, a game that should not have been that close even with all the fumbles they still held on to a two touchdown lead late into the fourth quarter um, and then it obviously flips and some really yeah that would have been probably the most memorable moment if the, the Bucks had pulled it off and finished it but I still think to, to take the sack off on the first down play, then to get back-to-back, the, the long kind of pass to Cooper Cup uh, over the, the side of defense to get out of bounds to kind of see the coverage they were thinking, thinking they might get and then to hit the the route that they never throw to, that had the love of the game route that essentially is just 
there to clear out the the defense and take the top off and for Stafford and Cooper to have that connection there uh, obviously for Rams fans that's gonna be the most memorable moment but um and, and unless they win next weekend but outside of that yeah just the whole weekend was full of kind of things like that it was it was ridiculous I try to think of the regular season uh, memorable moments I'll get to one of them uh, shortly so I'll hold off on that one but um there's there's definitely things I wouldn't say as striking as like I think last year you put for this the uh the DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary catch. Um, obviously, if we if we hadn't done this years ago, we would have done the Miami Miracle game when they had all those yeah. laterals. Like those kind of moments stick out. Um, and, and like you're saying, there's just might be tough at this point to think of any like specific one game moment. Every team had certain really spectacular plays here and there and different things that happened. But um, I think the the best moments definitely came in the playoffs, which is, works out really well for us as fans that when everything is on the line to get the best football of the year. Yep, it does. And uh, yeah, there was, again, I can't even think back to anything during the regular season except for one thing that we will mention in a second. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, the, the playoffs hit you with so many good things. So, um, all right, breakout player. Several options here, of course, but um, I went with Cooper Cup. I just think that, look, we already knew he was a good receiver, but my goodness, he had just a historic season. And I don't think any of us could have expected that um, to do what he did week in and week out. And, um, I know you also went with another receiver that uh, fits that same criteria for the most part in terms of uh, his breakout uh, year as well. Yeah, uh, especially given the, the beginning of the year with all the questions around Jamar Chase and some of the drops and different things that seemed. So even to us at the time, we were like, all right, everyone take a breath. The man hasn't played football. No. You know, he hadn't played in, a, in an actual game in a year with uh, taking off the, the season with COVID in 2020. So, yeah, I put Jamar Chase here. I just thought that he you know any expectation you could have had all the people all the naysayers talking about not taking Penny Sewell and sure they're not Sewell still had a strong season but I don't think anyone's really making a good faith argument to say that Jamar Chase isn't a huge reason for the Bengals being where they're at uh take you know even when he's not doesn't have his best performances stat wise it's usually because other teams are giving him a lot of attention it opens things up for T Higgins and Tyler Boyd it just makes his team so hard to defend and his chemistry with, with Joe Burrow is ridiculous. There's a reason Joe Burrow had the highest um, six, uh, EPA per play given like the uh, the circumstances. He the, it was like the highest uh, completion percentage above expectation based on the you know the amount of space that receivers had and those kind of things. And that's a lot of Jamar Chase making and him having that great chemistry when a defender's right there to know exactly where the ball is going to be for him to be strong through the catch point. And yeah, I just thought. Chase, I mean, man, some of the I think of the the play against the Chiefs in the regular season where he catches a pass, you know, about eight, ten yards downfield and has like eight defenders, it seems like around him and how he maneuvered through there, burst, burst away for the touchdown. I mean, those kind of plays are game breaking and ridiculous. And it's going to be a big task for the Rams to handle him in the Super Bowl. But same thing goes for uh, the Bengals and Cooper Cup. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two receivers dueling in this uh game because yeah they, they definitely broke out and quickly now you know looking back at our top receivers in the nfl list like these guys that uh, weren't even on that list even if i always have been high on cooper cup since he was a rookie he's always been such a key part of what the the rams have done in the sean mcveigh era but i mean yeah he took his game clearly to a different level to a point that uh you know the, the first triple crown winner since 2005 putting up all sorts of re- re- insane receiving totals and i mean he's still everyone the, the whole joke about how is he so wide open he did have literally the, the highest average uh, separation per route run in the league um he's just uh, a 
a master technician that's only gotten better at his craft. And I think Jamar Chase is going to, over the years, probably going to be that similar kind of unstoppable force. So really fun to get both those guys in the Super Bowl coming up. Game of the year. There's only two choices here, in my opinion. Um, let's just cover both of them. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, um, my pick. You picked the same, but you also noted, of course, we could go with the Raiders and the Chargers from the uh, regular season finale. I mm-hmm. mean, again, I mean, there were so many good games towards the end of the season, but I think these two certainly stand out above the rest. Yeah, I, Chiefs, Bills, at the end of the day, like with how much is on the line, the two quarterbacks, the legacies, the, the Bills trying to make their first Super Bowl and you know, almost 20, uh, almost 30 years at this point. Uh, the Chiefs trying to maintain st- staying the, the Masters at the top of the conference, trying to make their third straight Super Bowl. Obviously, that didn't end up happening, but still, it was a fight of titans. I mean, there, there's nothing that was better than watching those two quarterbacks duel in that game, and Mahomes just played with a sense of urgency that uh, I'm sure you would have liked to see maybe a bit more in the, in the game against the Bengals. Um, obviously, a, a lot of things otherwise went into the lack of adjustments there. But, yeah, that, that game that stands alone, I think, if you're looking at the regular season, though, yeah, Raiders-Chargers was just still a lot on the line, that rivalry, and some of the plays that Justin Herbert made. I mean, we're just all the fourth downs. It was just constant fourth down. Like, every little time, it seemed like one little thing could have gone against the Chargers would be over. And he found a way uh, to, to at least lead them to overtime. Just couldn't quite get that last touchdown to win it at the end. Uh, obviously, a really, really fun game overall to watch. And uh, I, I still deserve to be mentioned, I think, because at the time we were like, wow, this is as good as it gets. We didn't know it was coming a couple of weekends later. Um, but that, yeah, just about as perfect of a finish as you could hope for when they when they flex that game to Sunday night. Um, obviously, would have been maybe a little more anticlimactic if there wasn't an actual winner i don't know if i would have been able to pick it even with um the, yeah. how great the game was if it had been a tie so it, it worked out well um by the end of it but yeah chiefs bills at the end of the day i mean i, I we're just fortunate because we're going to be seeing those teams probably play you know they're always going to be probably winning their division or, or close to it so they're going to be facing every year in the regular season they're going to be facing in the playoffs a lot it just feel like the you know the last couple of years the start of something that's going to be even bigger uh, moving forward is possibly you, I, you know very different quarterbacks but uh than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady but you know the idea of having another Colts Patriots kind of cross division uh interconference um rivalry I think it, it definitely has that potential yeah I think so too and uh to our rookie of the year who certainly has a lot of potential as well we probably don't even need to mention this you've already talked about him Jamar Chase uh the clean sweep here for us he gets our pick for rookie of the year. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a no brainer to me. So yeah, uh, Micah Parsons, you know, deserves to be in that conversation for sure. Um, getting less attention, but uh, just uh, usually that's a good thing when you're on offensive line. Creed Humphrey. Uh, quickly becoming potentially a top two center in the entire NFL as a rookie is pretty ridiculous. So, I mean, we had some really, really big standout performances, uh, not maybe from the quarterback position. Uh, you know, Mac Jones probably has the best year of all the rookie quarterbacks, but not enough to to put him above the superstar level that we see with Jamar, with with Parsons, and, and really with Creed Humphrey. I still 
uh, hopefully Tutu Atwell works out with the Rams. But at the time and the draft, and even more so after this season, I just I think of the the Rams offensive line with Creed Humphrey, how what he could have brought with the interior running game. But man, he's been a force. But Jamar Chase at the end of the day sets breaks all these records that Justin Jefferson just set a year ago. It's crazy that you know there's a reason that LSU team is one of the greatest college offenses we've ever seen with with Burrow and those t- those kind of receivers. Um, and so yeah, I think Jamar at the end of the day gets the award just. Uh, not saying by a huge amount though because i really do think micah parsons is potentially going to be one of the best defensive players in the league within a few years well coach of the year more Bengals. um yes. zach taylor clean clean sweep here as well i mean look I, I think because we do these this week you know had the cowboys advanced on had the titans advanced on i think mike mccarthy and mike Vrabel have a pretty good chance to win this thing but you know, it's just, you know, you have to kind of look at what you, you get here. And I just think with the Bengals, what they've done, I mean, it's just to me, there's there's no other choice here. Yeah, I, you know, Lou Anarimo, their defensive coordinator, maybe is a part of uh, Zach getting this award. I'm sure Zach would I would mention him along with the rest of his coaching staff with how well he's been able to form that defense. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, that Zach's still done such a great job building this culture. Joe Burrow goes a long way, but to get a lot of these players uh, to buy into what they're doing, to believe in themselves over the course of the season, and to to finally kind of put more trust in in Joe Burrow. We we talked about at the time how uh, you know, they just seemed to be running a little bit too much. Uh, it wasn't really helping set, protect Joe the way that maybe they anticipated and uh, running a lot on early downs, putting themselves in bad passing situations where teams could really fire up and pin their ears back. And then he adjusted um, as he did for a lot of other games throughout the course of games uh, as we kind of went past that Bengals-Niner game that we almost got a rematch of in the Super Bowl. Uh, that was kind of the first moment where you really saw Joe them kind of let him just do what he was uh, going to be able to accomplish. Then he, you know, blows away the Ravens a week later. He beats the Chiefs the first time, and yeah, I think there's a lot of credit to his ability to adapt this offense over time and and uh, to get this team believing that they could even with Joe Burrow, even if Joe Burrow's the you know a major reason that so many players in this locker room believe in themselves and believe they have a chance to win. Um, Zach Taylor set the culture. He bound, you know he only had six wins uh, over those first two years of his tenure so so there's a lot of doubts about him but mike brown has you know traditionally been an owner that even if the Bengals aren't always known as one of the 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 most well-run organizations in the league he definitely has uh, patience and gives coaches time to to build something and i think it's paid off insanely well with uh zach taylor so he's yeah he's the easy choice here um just given what the nature of this award usually is we don't usually give it always uh, you know sustained excellence isn't always the 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 winner here otherwise you know the amount of times belichick and andy reed and uh guys like that would have won the award would probably be ridiculous but um yeah no i mean variable maybe like you know could be considered as you're saying and i don't know i just think at this point even even before the playoffs to to get the bengals to go from worst to to first in the afc north division that's pretty tough the last few years i think that already warranted uh taylor the nod here for that award and then we wrap up with our MVP, and uh, this one was interesting because I think this is not as clear-cut as mm-hmm. the others, but I think it's pretty clear there's two guys here, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are going to be the ones that you know have the best um, shot at this. And as I told you, I, I think you could even make the case that it, it wouldn't have happened, it won't happen, but I think Cooper Cup had such a yeah. historic season that um, 
he could, you know, be in that category if not for these two guys. And uh, I just think, you know, you know, we understand this this award and what it is and, and what these two guys accomplished this season. Um, we both went Aaron Rodgers here, but I guess the best, better thing to do is to kind of state the case, too, for Brady because, um, man, he just he had a lot of passing guards. He had more interceptions, though. Um, but you can't go wrong either way, but I think Rodgers is the best choice. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be – uh, upset with either uh, guy winning this award. They also led the top two offenses in DVOA and in pass offense DVOA. Um, maybe Aaron gets a nod a little bit, yeah, for the lack of interceptions, the, the level of efficiency that he led the Packers with. Obviously, how they how he played in that game against the Niners, though, we can, you know, for our award, maybe hold that against him a little more. Brady, obviously, even though he played fantastic in that comeback game against the Rams, uh, they definitely, with the amount of turnovers the Rams gave them, they, they could have won if Brady made a, a few uh, more passes. I'm sure he'll take that. There's one fourth down to Scotty Miller that he missed that I'm sure he'd love, love to have had back after watching it back. Um, so either guy, honestly, could win this award. I, I think Rodgers' numbers, just for me, were a bit better um by the end of it the packers also get the one seed we're just a little more consistent throughout the year um but it's a it's really close with them and i yeah i do think cooper cup and uh not that jonathan taylor would win it but jonathan taylor i know a lot of things are made about the offensive line the colts have and how that sets him up to succeed but he had the highest yards um above expectation kind of similar stat to the uh the jamar chase joe burrow kind of thing with how many how many completions he was making despite the close coverage i mean yes the offensive line for the colts maybe wasn't as good this year as past years but jonathan taylor's making getting on average a lot of extra yardage compared to what most running backs do was not going down his vision all those kinds of things i think he deserves a ton of uh ton of recognition as the, the best running back in the league uh this past season but cooper cup also as you mentioned i you know the rams uh it took some time adjusting from robert woods and i still think uh, getting injured and i still think he's a vital part about this team but there's no questioning what cooper's value is um with his obviously just in the in the the scheme that they run with a lot of 11 personnel a lot of times he's having the block like a tight end and he does it insanely well that's just let alone what he does as a route runner what he does after the catch um his chemistry with with stafford how he sees the game and how they've both been able to quickly become you know within just one year of working together uh, one of the best uh, duos in the league uh, between a, a quarterback and a receiver so those guys are it's just like you said the nature of the award it's a little tough to at the end of the day quarterback's still the most important position it's still not going to be able to put these things uh, together if you don't have a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady so um yeah i think just like last year kind of came down to those two again it's kind of crazy but probably won't be long until some of these young guns uh maybe if the bengals let joe burrow off the off the leash for an entire uh, 17 game <laughs> season um i'm sure mahomes is gonna uh, probably bounce back from what happened in that game against the bengals and have a great year i think we're gonna see some of these younger guys maybe in this conversation but for one more year at least uh, we had Rodgers and Brady, uh, the two, even if one's a bit older than the other, still the two uh, two old sheriffs on the block. Uh, they were ultimately the guys that I consider the top two uh, players for this award at the end of the day. And Rodgers, maybe just by a smidge, just barely. <laughs> yep, Rodgers gets our votes uh, for the MVP. Cooper Cup gets the fantasy MVP for the season <laughs> uh, without question. So uh, there you go. There are picks for our uh, NFL awards for the season. And, of course, Dylan, uh, next on the podcast will be our Super Bowl 
preview. We'll do all of our breaking down of the matchups. Um, we will, you know, kind of do our best bets and all that good stuff. So, uh, of course, a lot of stuff going on over Clutch Points, uh, getting ready for the games. Let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can follow the Super Bowl in the Clutch Points app, follow along with all of our coverage in there as well, as well as on clutchpoints.com in the NFL section. Yeah, tons of tons of stuff looking for fans of every team towards the offseason. Biggest needs that teams need to address, uh, already looking at free agency and that kind of stuff. So all those kind of series uh, you can find in the NFL section. Yeah, this week we'll be breaking down predictions for the game from each team's point of view, keys for each team, X factors for each team, uh, a lot of good stuff. So all that is in the NFL section. And yeah, we'll be back or later this week to make our make our pick, even if mine is already obvious, given I have to keep my, uh, my streak of of uh you know basically helping myself win as a fan by by sacrificing myself as a my prognosticator pick, but yeah i don't know yours so we got some mystery there um still at least but yeah it'll be fun to to do that definitely um you know couldn't be more excited for this super bowl so probably have never researched more about a game in my life so hopefully i'll have <laughs> lots to say on uh, the next episode <laughs> there you go uh well yes that'll be a lot of fun and uh, for now i'll be sure to check out everything clutch points and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, uh, search for Stop for Fast. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Stop for Fast.